Anyways, well, welcome. There's uh, been a few of you join us online and it, uh, it's like great to see you this morning, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> Not literally yet. We can see some of you online and it's uh, it's awesome to be connecting. Um, so yeah, so our, so our last comment before we so rudely stopped everything was just an encouragement for you, those that are online with us now, for those of you who are going to join us later, just, uh, yeah, like jump in on the conversation. Um, if you've got some comments or questions about things that uh, you're hearing us share today, um, you know, we want to encourage you to add those, right? And we're mm -hmm. going to get, we're going to, we'll do our best to to get on to that and, and uh, respond. Um, so this morning, I wanted us to... Uh, set a path to explore uh, our worship um, in a mini-series that uh, we're just calling uh, God of Our Worship. Uh, fittingly, the foundation for our series... Are you going to be looking at I just found you guys. Uh -oh. You were way down here in the corner, and I'm going, we're not being recorded. I don't want to redo this. But you were hiding. You were hiding. Now I can say hi. I can yeah. relax. No, yeah, they're all, sit they're all sitting at the back of the church. <laughs> You're hiding in the corner, guys. <laughs> but listen, I, fittingly, uh, like something that we've done before in another theme is that the, the entire series is based around a single song. And we're going to be, you know, we'll be cross-referencing our scriptures. We'll be, um, you know, we'll be paying attention to, you know, what's recorded in the Old Testament and things that are said in the New Testament. Um, and we're going to be doing our best to... to uh, Share some of our own personal stories, hey? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're going to, you know, I'm going to be reflecting on some notable writers, some, uh, some Christian leaders in our history. But at the core of our, ex of our exploration, um, there, are th there are like three things that I've written down here. And it's, uh, you know, I don't know that people have to take notes. You don't have to take notes, you guys. But I, I believe that God is inviting us to experience a real a heightened revelation of this person. You remember in the last series, we talked about, um, it was a mini-series, a couple of series that we did uh, on healing presence, where we talked about the importance of being present with God and present with people, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, this is a bit of that. I, I guess we could sort of spin some of this off of this. So, like at the core of this is is I believe God is inviting us to experience the heightened revelation of Himself. Um, I also believe that the bridegroom Jesus is, and I, and that's the picture I, I get in my mind when I think about this. He is wooing us. He's wooing the church. He's wooing us as His bride to 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 capture something here to capture a a deeper and a more a vulnerable understanding of our lives in him. Did, you, did you, When you thought about us getting married, did you, did it feel vulnerable to you? Did it? Um, I don't remember. It was a <laughs> long time ago. And actually, that long ago. And actually I was quite sick with strep throat. So Oh, you're literally, like literally going down to the day. Down to the day. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, well, we won't. We won't discuss the wedding day so much, but it, it, it is a God's wooing us. Jesus is wooing us. He's wooing us as the bride into this deeper place with him. And, and that can be vulnerable. Uh, but ultimately, um, God is awakening the sleeper in all of us. 
There, mm-hmm. there are areas in all of us uh, that are asleep sometimes. Um, that can be asleep in, um, in sin, really. Actually, if yeah. we find ourselves with yeah. a besetting sin in our life, uh, issues where we're struggling, how we see ourselves and how we think people see us. Um, God is wanting to wake that up. He's calling that sleeper to, to rise up, as the scripture says, into a, in a more intimate awareness of his presence among us. Like God wants to be with us. We are created to be creatures uh, in his presence. You know, a thought that comes to me is sleeping in that. But sometimes when God is walking us through uh, stuff, um, he, Sometimes we want to go to sleep because it's too painful. We want to hide. But God is calling us out to say, no, I'm with you. I, I got you with this. So sleeping, guys, isn't an option to getting closer to God. <laughs> That's not to say he doesn't want us to have rest, right? Oh, I love good night's sleep. <laughs> so does that all sound too lofty? Nope. No. I, you know what? I, you know what? As we, as we consider God and we consider our, our own lives, I... I believe God wants us to shoot for the longer targets. He wants us to, you know, shoot with accuracy. But I, I think he, you know, he's inviting us to, to think bigger, um, you know, and to, yeah, to to shoot for a, for a higher mark. And and it's nothing's too lofty. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. And that's what he invites us into. So how about we begin by praying? Maybe we should have done that to begin with and everything wouldn't have gone sideways technically. Yeah, God, we thank you for you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for friends. We thank you for family. We thank you for your goodness. And um, we just we just say, come. Come as we share. Um, open ears to hear, eyes to see. Just a treasure you want to give each person. Um, is watching and listening. So yeah, so God, we give you, we give you this time, we give you this beautiful sunshiny day. Thank you for it, and just bless you guys. Uh, amen, amen. So actually, the rain was uh, an answer to prayer. I was, I don't know about you guys, but I was praying for for rain to fall on us. I wasn't. <laughs> Sort of, sort of messed up our plans in terms of cutting the lawn and doing some things around the house. Um, but uh, I want us to, to begin. Let's 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 stay on this track. Let's let's uh, let's begin here with um, with the reading of our song today. We're we're just gonna we're not gonna read the entire song. All right, that's my job. Forgot. You forgot? Yeah. It's uh, well, it it can be your it job. It is a if good wanna... song. It's a great song. Ouch! So we're reading from Psalm... Psalm 139. Um, In the first first six verses, that's all we're going to look at. That's all we're looking at right now. Okay. So, O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I am far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I am doing to, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. Your place, your hands of blessing. Let me do number five again. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Nice. 
overlooked shepherd boy who was God's choice for king over Israel. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Who is that boy? David. David, that's right. And David is, he's, he's the author of this psalm. Uh, it's, and in this psalm, like, you know, as I consider it, it is a prophetically inspired piece of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's inspired. And yet it's highly reflective. It's, um, it's a revelatory account of, of David, um, his things that he's personally experienced under the blessing of God's hand in his life. Notice I use that term because it comes up there in verse, in the, in the latter verses, doesn't it there in verse five. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's under the blessing of God's hand in his life. He, David recognizes this. And having written these things down, he's, he's specifically directed them to the director of music um, with this instruction that they be, that the things that he's given, that he's written down, that they be set to music. Hmm. I mean, they look like, in, they, they look like instruction, but he's, he's specifically given them to the director of music, set it to music and let it be used as worship in the temple where God's presence lives among them. Hmm. So, you know, what have you, you know, we think often about the power of song and, and how that, how that actually becomes a part of us, right? You know, yeah. in terms of our, our memory and our accounts. Many of the, many of the hymns in history were written, uh, many of them to an illiterate group of people, to an illiterate crowd, but the songs found a place to live in people and, and played hugely in their lives. Now, now David said, look, these words, they're, they're, we, I want us to camp around these words. I want us to sing out of these things that are written here. Let's make this part of our worship. And one of the things that we've noted about worship is, it, is it, that in and of itself, it's, it's not about God as much as it is about our response to him. Our worship comes from a place of having, having encountered him. It's our, our response to how he reveals himself to us. It's it's about the God who pursues and reveals Himself, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of uh, well, a lot of the Psalms there's or or other scriptures too. There's a lot of songs that God have inspired people to uh, write songs and music to today and and older um, hymns and stuff. But they're songs that stay alive in our heart. Sure, we. They, they, we sing them through the day. We remember, for some reason, we just can remember yeah. song. Yeah. Now, listen, Dave, David's been, he's been, he's been inspired to put his revelation of God to music. But it comes out of an inspiration from God. Like, like write these things down, David. Um, put them to music. And it's so that the hearts of God's people can be captured again and, and drawn to the one true God who is enthroned in their praises. God enthrones himself, doesn't he, in our mm. praises. It's what the, our scriptures tell us. Uh, maybe you've overheard me and you've overheard others speak about the importance of not only studying theology, <sighs> but the importance of actually doing it. 
Okay, hey, if I could read books on theology, which I have. Oh, you do it all the are, time. Which are not thick with, sorry for those who love it, dry language. I, I, I'd soak it up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, but oftentimes, and you've heard this said before, oftentimes we're aware of a conflict, right, between our heart and our head. Mm-hmm. I think you've been looking at that in some of your Elijah House yeah, studies. It's, it's, yeah, well, there was one of the lessons that talked about, you know, we, we can think with our mind, but until, but actually our, our heart itself has a mind, it thinks. It, so if we act out of our heart and we mm-hmm. think through our heart, that's when actually we get it. But when we do it through here, we, we are processing, we're putting things in order to get it in order Whereas from the heart, it's just hmm. well. Real. Yeah, some would say that. Some would also say that, like, listen, if we have just like this heady theology that is entirely fixated on taking in more information, which seems to be a bit of a Greek mindset, a Western mindset, right? Um, it's going to leave us like cold and barren. Some would say even that it has like little practical value. On the other swing side of that, if we have a theology that is nothing but but heart, I'm not saying the mind of the heart, where it is where it can be presented as warm and comforting and even practical, but if it isn't anchored to something of real substance, mm-hmm. of experience, of 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 learnt understanding and knowledge, it can um it can also be blown around by every kind of doctrinal fad that that comes to us like to and fro. And and this isn't something that's going to bear the, bear the weight for us in hard times. But the truth is God is the one who watches over us, who, who sustains us. And, uh, you know, and it's with the Lord that we find the words of eternal life. There's, there is like in, in the words of his disciples, there's nowhere else we can go. Who else has these words of life? Like, you have them there. We're not going anywhere. But see, David's instructive word has within it both heart and head. It's it's got it's got some heady knowledge, but it's it's infused with heart. It's it's actually a deeply theological presentation. David presents important foundational truths about God Himself, about his omniscience, that is, he knows everything. There's an omniscience to him. His omnipresence, his presence is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and at at the same time, like uh, he's um, there's an omnipotence to God. That means there's this sense and and really this reality of an unlimited power and access to power through God. But David also is intimately personal. In this psalm, he David speaks of the qualities of God's in a way that have profoundly shaped his life, um, interactively at work shaping us. If 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 we'll let them, um, his is a presence. God's presence, uh, as we read the psalm, his is a presence that we we simply can't escape, and God is just mercifully pursuing all of us. What are you reading there? You got people chiming in? We do. Yeah. I'm just peeking at what they're saying. They're peeking. Yeah. So David's psalm, 
I'm going to say to you, comes from a, a place of deep introspection, right? Like his is a presence that none of us can escape from. That's where it was at. Okay. Yeah, right? Um, and God, in his mercy, is pursuing us. Like, you know, if I think about it, it wasn't my idea to pursue God. It was God himself who has been pursuing me. Right. Yeah, he's pursuing my... you daily to, for both of us, all of us, to go deeper with him too. And this is where your psalm that you read uh, earlier to us, the first verse, those first six verses, this is where the first verse opens up. It says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. Ouch. <laughs> some might say ouch, some might say awesome. But David's psalm, it comes from a deep place of intimacy he's he's what david is saying is look god he is carefully looking at my heart and he knows everything about me you notice that the language here david uses is it's deeply intimate intimate about you uh, about me uh, about us it's but it, it's deeply intimate in essence david is inviting god's worshipers that us He's inviting God's worshiper to first hear his testimony. If you think, put yourself in the place of the worshiper who's come into the temple and they're singing from David's psalm. First, they're hearing, they're, they're hearing it from David's perspective. They're hearing about his testimony and about God's love for him. Uh, and, and I think this is, is how it works with us. I, I believe that people first hear our testimony. They, they look at our lives. Uh, you know, that famous Alice Cooper quote that I use all the time now. Um, you know, our life is our testimony, right? Mm -hmm. They look first at our testimony and about God's love for us. They hear about his pursuit for us. And then... And then they go from that place, like we do with here with David's work, they go from that place and then they make it their own. It becomes, it transitions from being David's testimony to my testimony, right? We, well, we, you own it, yeah. Yeah, you, you begin sure, to right. own it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful thing. So your personal worship of God is, is highly and it's, it's deeply intimate. It, it's deeply about you and God. But if we follow David's example, like I've been saying it. It's cute. When I said, ouch, Bonnie says, Ayla showed me her Band-Aid. <laughs> I see your Band-Aid, Oh, good. She's <laughs> an owie. <laughs> but as we read David's account, I'm convinced that this is a God who has, been, who has seen everything about me. This is what happens when I read this, and that was your ouch, right? He has seen everything about me, and despite all of that, he still chooses me. Mm -hmm. He still chooses to come and reveal himself to me. Not only does uh, he choose me, but he also sets, he sets, he, he sets us on a path that leads us into restoration and renewal. That's, that's what I see when I read this. And I, you know, and what comes leaping to my mind is, is Psalms. You'll, you'll recognize this. He leads me beside quiet waters. Now, who's the author of that? David. Yeah, it's David. Oh, I'm on a roll. <laughs> he restores and cares for my soul. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. 
Yeah, that name should that that should be a really familiar psalm to all of us. Mm-hmm. It's this the central means for nurturing our experience of God, I'm gonna say, is found ultimately in worship. Mm-hmm. It's it's in this intimate place. Worship is that intimate place. Yeah. Um but it's an experiment an experience that is intimately rooted in his love for us. They they go hand in hand. We want our expression and our experience of worship to be a lifestyle, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and that and it's a lifestyle that welcomes really life altering and life transforming presence of God into our life. It's it's a it's it's a transformation that that really uh, equips us and empowers us to become instruments of God's healing power. In short, God leads us into a radical encounter that, uh, like God himself, can't be constrained to to just about us. It must be told. It's a testimony that must be told, that must be experienced. It's, It's a leading that beckons us to follow him, doesn't it? Right? Like Jesus, Jesus called to the disciples, follow me, follow me. It's a, and where was Jesus going? Well, Jesus was going out to proclaim the kingdom. Hmm. He was going out to, to preach good news to the poor, to save the lost, to, you know, to, to release those who had been held captive, right? It's funny. I, the thought that comes to my mind right now is, is when we experience his presence yeah. through worship, through, um, yeah, worship through his presence, we can't help but want to share that. Absolutely. Like, can you imagine just, ah, that was awesome. I think I'm just going to sit on the couch and just keep it. But you want to share. You want to say, do you know what happened to me? Do you know? Yeah. Because you actually, in sharing that, is hopes of, yes, this happened to me, but actually, I want you to get this too because this is great. Yeah. And so it's this, wherever he leads me, I'm going to follow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song comes leaping to my mind. It's where, um, it's no song. there's no place I'd rather be. There's no place I'd rather be than in his arms, right? In mm-hmm. his arms of love. It is the, That's where worship comes over. When I, when I was feeling the, just what I felt was God's spirit leading us to open up this psalm and to consider this series, I, I began asking myself about, and, and that's probably where I talk to you. Like, what what are some some of the significant encounters that I've had with the Spirit of God in worship? And you know, I'm actually happy to say there's many. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it's just it's like just many. Um, my my thoughts filled of, of multiple significant encounters, uh, both quiet and a little outrageous, maybe a little demonstrative. I confess that. Though the, some of the most significant times left me uh, in some sort of, with some sort of a life-altering revelation of God himself. And I think that those are the ones that come flashing to my memory, right? Where I know that something in me was shaped and shifted and changed mm. in that moment. Um, you know, there, there can be... Uh, there, there can be. There are many others that that brought with them significant revelations about God's feeling for me, right? 
I, I felt, I, you know, if I'm honest, I think that initially in my worship, uh, a lot of it was, I, I didn't even know how to process that, how he felt about me. That most of my feelings were were sort of looking at him on the throne. They were, hmm. they were like trying to see him rather than, and not rather than, but but seeing him and then realizing that God's actually looking at me. Yeah. <laughs> it just blows your mind. Um, some of those experiences have left me overwhelmed with joy. Some uh, have left me profoundly humbled. Um, and then, you know, I, even as I think about this, uh, and I can recount it, others have left me deeply repentant. Like, not I'm feeling badly about something, but actually needing to change some some patterns in my life, some thoughts in my life, hmm. you know, things that I've allowed to live there. Eh? Why are you smiling at me like that? So I was just thinking, I like those moments for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just glad you're not trying to call me out on the deck on those ones. Um, but for you that are listening here this morning that have joined us, uh, what about you? Uh, um, and maybe these are some questions that we can post up mm-hmm. later to Facebook yeah. or whatever, but what are some things about that, that God has led you to in worship? Um, maybe you've written them down. Maybe you're a journaler and you do that kind of thing. We buy the journal books, right? We do. In <laughs> hopes I'll do it. Yeah. Um, but is there a particular word or a promise that in those times that God has impressed upon your heart, because very often I find that kind of thing happening as well in worship. Um, Has your understanding and your awareness of God been, uh, can you you honestly say that it's altered, that it's been altered in and through worship? These are pretty deep questions, right? Um, And and then, and, and kind of where I'd finished off, uh, listen, have your encounters led you to to a place of repentance? I've talked about it, and not specifically, right? Um, but, you know, have there been... Has worship led you to a place of, of, of repentance? Uh, is there, like, anything that you can call to mind when you consider that? And then, and then the other is kind of a probing question, and I'm not asking you to put this into our comment section or anything, but... How are you doing? How are you doing with actually walking out those communicated changes where you felt that God has actually called you to change your thinking and to change some habits and things in your life? Like, is that that you know, that you know, that you know are are (laughs) problematic? That's that's kind of weighty, right? It's weighty, but it's... uh... To me, it's like an accountability, not that we want to hear everything, but it is, you know, God has put before you or or tweaked your heart with some stuff. How are you doing with that? Yeah. You know? Like, ultimately, God's our judge, right? And yeah. he is, like, flat out merciful, right? While we were still living in rebellion to him, he was already laying his down, life down on the cross for us. Like he was already moving toward forgiveness when we were living contrary to everything. That that nature of God never stops. That loving nature that is wanting to woo us out of patterns in our lives that are, are destructive, right? I know, as we were chatting earlier, one of the patterns when we're at church 
because there's a lot of responsibility for setup, for making things sure things are run right. But so you're talking like a Sunday gathering. Yeah. Never mind the things we have to do through the week. And, yeah. But yeah. Sunday, or it could be a worship gathering at our house, but my mind is always going. It's really hard for me just to rest and take that time without making sure things aren't in place. So Sunday mornings, uh, when Dave, you were asking me about, you know, do you remember times? And I'm going, well, the thing that's come to me is the, I get so busy running back and forth, making sure the coffee's ready, making sure people look comfortable. Oh, the new person, have they, people said hi to that person. Um, and, but there has been moments where I go, the heck with all you guys, I'm going to act. <laughs> no, not to heck with okay. all you guys. I'm okay. like, I'm extrapolating that out. Too <laughs> late. No. But no, but, but I, can, I can actually come to a place where I actually, I settle myself down and just worship. And oh my goodness, God what meets me every time. And I wish I could, I wish I had it in myself to be able to just lay down things around me, put my mind at ease and know that it will be taken care of, but just to rest in his presence, rest in his presence through worship, rest in his presence through my day, through the word. Sure. Instead of having, even in the word, instead of having the, the Bible opened up, but I also have a scrap piece of paper beside me so I can make my grocery list in between. And oh, just, I thought that was to like write down notes of things no, that Jesus was saying to you. No, it's a grocery list. <laughs> Yeah. But De I, a reminder I, from God, Debbie, buy some more eggs because we're getting low on eggs. Yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, but my my heart and and I, I give that to Him is is help me settle myself to just be in Your presence and not be distracted. Be still. Be still. And know. Yeah. Yeah. Be still and know. Um. You know what? We could we could wrap it up with a few of those questions and kind of leave it that there. Um, I'm sitting here looking at the clock and thinking, yeah, you know, we've probably exhausted exhausted the clock, and we yeah. don't want to exhaust our people. Um, but we also had some technical. <laughs> we did, and we're still Floundering. flashing. Yeah, Hopefully next week, guys, we'll get that. We'll fixed. sort that out. It's a bit of a new technology for us today. Um, but I wanted to, I do want to share this, uh, just share this as a testimony, because as I was thinking about looking back to testimonies that I could share, uh, I actually realized that, God, you know, I felt like God was tapping me on the shoulder and just saying, here's the thing that you can't shake. And, and it actually just comes right out last Friday night, mm -hmm. the Brenton Bodies. So we got invited in to, uh, yeah, to join them for Simply Worship. Um, but that actually wasn't the reason why we'd gone there, right? We mm -hmm. uh, last Friday we met with Brent and Bonnie for a late supper, and our our primary reason, I'm going to say, I thought, was just to connect. It wasn't to concern, and it didn't turn out to be that. We didn't concern ourselves with transitions and planning for the Vineyard Church. We were just simply getting together because we love being together. Um, yeah. Um, we were connecting as friends, and uh, and the added bonus became that that we brought up our musical instruments and we jumped in with them and uh, in leading Simply Worship. Um, now, I want to say that, you know, our, our technology, <laughs> you know, it's not stellar, right? We're just, we're kind of a, 
slightly we're at entry level and you know and about one step above it sometimes and three back it feels like but um there's things that you might not have picked up subtleties on the ipad that um you you might you probably didn't hear but they were these incredibly sweet sounds of our unified worship um i think it's safe to say that the four of us were were really quite impacted to the yeah. heart hey eh? Uh, to, to the sweetness of God's presence that met us there. And and I'm going to say, in a, and with the quality of harmonics and and sounds that caught all of us. Um, uh, and, you know, um, next to no practice. <laughs> really, there wasn't. Uh, we were just simply worshiping. Uh just enough time to sort of scramble and put things together before we knew it. The Facebook live streamline button was being pushed and we were online. It was just, I think our biggest struggle is, is where will we sit? How can we all fit in this little area? How can we actually not hit each other in the head with a guitar head? Yeah, that's all that. Somebody almost, <laughs> ate, Bonnie almost ate Brent's guitar head at one point, but, but I just say there, there was one particular song. There were many they, like God was just, you know, yeah. felt like he was on it through all of it, and we were engaged. But there's one particular song that Brent had pulled out for us to sing, and it was on his mind for some time. It's called "Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross." Uh, you, you're already listening to that, thinking, "Wasn't that an old hymn?" Yeah, absolutely. There was no practice, basically, for that song. Uh, a couple of, you know, he pitched a couple of chords at me that we were going to be playing out of it, and that was it—a quick run through of a couple bars. Um, and there was hardly, uh, there's hardly, in my life, like there's, he asked me if I recognize the song. And I said, yeah, I think I've heard it. But like, there's no real recognized time in my life of having played the song, much less worship to it. And Brent let, Brent let us out. Um, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There is a, a precious fountain, free to all, a healing stream that flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be be my glory ever till my ransomed soul shall find rest beyond the river. Um, I mean, this is an old song. It's, it's yeah. a beautiful old song. The, mu the music was simple enough. Uh, it gave me all kinds of room to play around with different bridging and uh, complementary and diminished chords. Like I just had, I was having fun with that. I was playing things that I hadn't played with brand ever it just was happening and you know for me because i didn't know the song yeah i actually got to be quiet and rest in the song oh okay so that was that was good for me then yeah, you know is it was it a complex song no but it was new to us yeah. uh, absolutely new to us a simple song i'm not going to say no it was that but it was deeply impacting right mm -hmm. it was very it just yeah. God's presence was enthroned in our worship. And so yesterday morning, the song score still was resonating deep within my soul. This brings us back to what we were talking about, what the power of song and worship. And I found myself looking at the lyrics of the song. I went looking for them on the Internet. And eventually, I, I even ended up digging into to the history of the song's author, and while we'd finished the song Friday evening, we had, I, you know, at the end of that, we sat for some time quiet, didn't we? Yeah. We were still still, and, and there was a sense of sort of amazement and wonder, trying to discern, God, what have you just done? What are you doing? There was this, this kind of thing going on in us. And Brandon jokingly said that he hadn't had 
that he'd had this old hymn on his mind, a hymn that, that he hoped wasn't older than him. <laughs> <laughs> and to which we laughed. And then later on, he shared that this was a song that he had grown up singing as a young boy. Now that impacted me. And looking back over the, the brief history of the song, I discovered that the author, this Frances Jane Crosby, and her friends called her Franny, uh, Franny was born in New York, like uh, in the early 1800s. So the song is older than Brent. And so Brent, I. yes, it's older than you. Yeah, and and the interesting deal about her history is that, like I was sharing with you, like at, at six weeks of age, she was she was uh, she had a, a a sickness, and because of the maltreatment in her sickness, she was rendered blind from six weeks of age. She'd lived with her parents till she was 15. And after that, she entered into a, a New York institution for the blind. And she received this, this, a great education. She became a teacher. She taught English grammar, American history. And over the years, this is what just grabs me. Over the years, she wrote more than 2,000 songs. Wow. <laughs> just think of that. She played guitar. She played piano. Uh, one of the one of the sources said that she like authored like four thousand hymns, so we're obviously not singing all of her hymns, but to her own claim, in almost a song she wrote it, she said that she was a happy soul that despite her blindness, she resolved to be content in this world. Mm -hmm. She chose happiness. she married a man who was a musician and a scholar from the same institution. Imagine this. It was like a boarding school, right? She had to go off and like physically go to this school. She, and she lived this full, incredible life. She shared that it, had it not been for her blindness, she might not have had such a good education, the education that she'd received. And it had been hugely influential in her life. And what, what she lacked in wisdom or in vision, she made up for in her other senses is what, I, what is so obvious to me. Um, and you know, here's something that really grabbed me is she knew her Bible. This is a, a lady that put many of the books of the Bible to memory. In fact, said that she, she knew by memory, the first four books of the old Testament. Wow. And then she memorized literally the first four gospels of, well, the gospels of the new Testament. She had put them all to memory, and she had done this by the age of 10 years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, really? And all of this had me coming back to, to our time at the Balsamas uh, and how inspired our time was that. And how, a, how, a, how an inspired life and a resulting hymn uh, from the 1800s came into the hands of a little boy in the 1900s in the late 1900s, and then into his hands again two nights ago because it was just being stirred in his heart and how it quickly allowed all of our hearts to marvel and to soar and worship. Mm -hmm. I just thought, man, this is outstanding. See, it is the same spirit of God who moved through our psalmist. It's the same spirit that moved through Fanny. It's the same spirit that met Brent when he was a young boy sitting in those old church pews, belting out those hymns, right? And it was the same spirit that was inspiring and leading us to the feet of Jesus only two nights ago. Yeah, that's good. Worship 
Like it, it is absolutely incredible. And um, God doesn't waste any of it, right? No. Um, you know, it, uh, and, and I guess in this case, it never grows old, right? God just continues to breathe on it. Yeah, his life's internal. So, is God increasing your capacity for worship? I think that this is what God's doing in this time, is he's increasing our capacity for worship. Um, and you know what? He's uniquely made all of us to encounter him. Yeah. Right? We're all carriers of his goodness. We all have a testimony that is our lives. We all have the Spirit of God with us and in us. And and if we'll let him, you know, touching mm-hmm. others around us. That's it. That's, That's it. Luck. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Any any thoughts you want to finish off on? And we'd, We're pretty much done. Yeah, no, we're good. Yeah. A... I think we need to bless you guys to yeah. have an amazing day. Uh, some of the young families are going out for a walk as well as others with them. Yeah. Bless you guys to enjoy nature, enjoy each other, enjoy yeah, right the, your children, enjoy just what God has for you. Because worship is music, but worship is each other. Worship well, is the is it's so it's just all around us. It's it's so much more. Yeah. And, and I'm hoping so that bless you guys just it, to enjoy. Yeah, yeah, enjoy. We're gonna we're gonna continue to we're gonna continue to explore this theme of worship. Yeah. Next week. Um, without so, the flicker, we hope. Without the flicker, maybe with some technical changes and shifts and things. <laughs> Boy. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you, and may His face just shine on you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. We love you and we miss you all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would say that goes without saying, but I think we need to say it all the time. All the time. I need to hear it. Okay. (laughs) I love you, honey. I love you. (laughs) I'd say goodnight, but it's still the morning. Have a great day. Bye.